This is an Area Code podcast. This is All Alone, a podcast about life during a pandemic. The following entries were recorded the week of April 12th. My name is Charlene. I live in Chicago. I was outside earlier today and it was it was really nice. Like this past week it's just felt you know like properly spring, like the sky was blue, there were like nice fluffy clouds. Today was pretty blustery, but something that has just been really nice when the weather has gotten warmer here in Chicago in the past week is what I really love is like when it smells nice outside, you know, it's just like the earth waking up or something like that. Uh, so it, it definitely, you know, felt like that little slice of kind of like freedom in the sense of that finally the world is sort of waking up, but we're, you know, not allowed to fully bask in, uh, you know, the warm spring, spring glory. I'm only sad about it just because of the situation that we're in, but I'm happy for, you know, the little bits and pieces of the sun and vitamin D and the blue sky that I can get. My name is Lauren. I live in Atlanta. I'm currently outside and the weather is bright and sunny, clear skies, a little breezy, kind of chilly for Georgia at this time of year. It's uh, about 55 degrees, but it's nice. Uh, a meal that stood out to me this week. Uh, so there's this area of Atlanta called Buford Highway, and there's a lot of immigrants and immigrant families that live there. And so there's also a ton of ethnic restaurants in the area. I used to go there more frequently when I lived up in that area. Uh, and since I moved south side, it's not as close, but when I do get to that side of the city, I like to go. And uh, I've been missing some some Asian food and ethnic food lately. Um, particularly, there's something called scallion pancakes that I love, and after looking up some recipes, I decided to make some. So uh, last week I got really excited because I found flour at the grocery store, but I also apparently got so excited that I forgot to actually buy scallions. So uh, I had to wait until after my next grocery run. Uh, but I made them and they were really good and they totally hit the spot for me. And I shared some with my roommate too, who had never had them before and she thought they were pretty good. I go into work two times a week, Mondays and Thursdays, um, because I work at a nonprofit and we're considered an essential business because on those two days, we have a kitchen in our Chicago office where I'm based out of, and we basically made homemade Korean food for senior citizens um, in the area. And so it's especially important because we've always been like the first, if not the only, uh, like culturally Korean meals for Korean American seniors, because that's really important, especially if you're from an immigrant population and or from an ethnic population. And there are certain foods and meals that you eat that's part of your culture. And so uh, thankfully, the staff who is there, we've also, of course, 
eaten the fruits of our labor, you know, after we served all the seniors. And in this past week, we've had a kimchi stew or kimchi jjigae and curry rice. And I remember thinking, like, I'm Korean American, but I don't always eat kimchi, which is a weird, uh, a shameful part about myself, I guess, I joke about. And sometimes I don't like, I usually am not drawn to kimchi uh, stew. But this time I remember thinking that this soup was just really, really good. And sometimes I don't know if it's good just because I haven't been able to have it that often and because it's all that more precious. But um, I do think it was actually pretty good, really nicely, nice and spicy and flavorful. I ate it with, with is a strong word. I ate it kind of with my coworkers, but then I would deliberately, we would all deliberately sit far apart from each other. And I would deliberately put myself in a corner. So I'm just like the farthest from anyone and my back is to the wall. <laughs> We've eat those meals there and then we're able to take extra home. And so I've also eaten, you know, the kimchi jjigae and curry rice with my partner, fiance as well. And so that's also been it's there's something really nice about like home cooking, especially if I don't have all the ingredients for it or if I don't know how to make it as well. And so that's been something that that taste of home cooking that's been really really valuable to me. Um, number four, what is a song or piece of music that you associate with this time? Uh, it's actually funny that this question is asked because there was this one song that would kind of keep playing in my head periodically. The catalyst for this particular song being in my head at this time was because, sadly, Adam Schlesinger who was most well known for being in the band Fountains of Wayne that did Stacy's Mom, but he also was just a very prolific songwriter. And he also was in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is a wonderful show. And he died because of COVID-19, I think this past week. And it's, it's not like I was a huge fan of him, but I knew him or knew of him rather. And, you know, it was very sad. And I went on a nostalgia kick listening to Fountains of Wayne. And there is this one song from one of their albums. I think it's from the same album as the Stacy's Mom one. I think Welcome Interstate Managers. And it's uh, called All Kinds of Time. And it's a very, what I consider a very poetic song. And what I always appreciated about kind of listening back to Fountains of Wayne songs is that every song is just literally a story. And I also think of that song because I feel like with some of my friends, Nowadays, when we're talking, I would hear the joke of like, well, I mean, we've got nothing but time now um, because what else are we going to do? And so I just kind of think of um, it's like all kinds of time, we got all kinds of time. And so it's just kind of like playing in my head and it's kind of like a slow, sweet song. I've been listening to Dua Lipa's new album, and there's a couple songs on there. One of them is Levitating that I've been listening to a lot because I've been trying to dance, like learn how to dance, mostly alone in my room. But uh, I have been listening to those those couple of songs repeatedly 
trying to get the rhythm right and stuff. So that's kind of a strange song to associate with this time. It's not really mood appropriate, I guess. But if I ever hear them out somewhere, like dancing alone during quarantine is probably what I'm going to be thinking of from now on. So for 2019, I kept this um, planner or journal where I had laid out some goals for the year and I sought to track them. And overall, I found it found it really helpful. Uh, it was good to keep up with things and then look back and see some progress and stuff. So um, I set I set a journal up again in a similar way with some more goals for this year. I got so busy with work and other things that I didn't really um, take the time to contribute to it until things started really shutting down in March. And um, I went back to the first few pages of the journal where I'd laid out my, my goals and aspirations for 2020 and it just... I just felt like that person was gone already. And it's not like nothing I wrote down was applicable anymore. Like there are some things that I can't do that I had hoped to do. But just looking at the the goals and things that I laid out, the person who, who laid out those things, the mindset they had, the plans, like that person's gone. And TBD on when or if they're coming back. So I guess I'm grieving that a little bit, just the kind of year I thought I would have. We've had some layoffs at work and I think we're hoping that if we are able to have the funds or bounce back from this, then they could be hired back because it's, you know, not their fault, but there were just other extraneous factors that went into them being chosen to be laid off. But two of them actually normally in the office sit right next to me and so in that sense it was really sad when I went into the office this past week and I saw that they must have come in at one point and just cleared all their stuff so I just walked in and it just it just really hit me to see all of their papers gone and their desks empty and so that was that was that was that was very sad to not you know not see some of the people I've been working with who I feel like I've also gotten kind of close to these past couple of years. This one piece in the past week that really I guess I couldn't get over was the uh, Andrew Yang opinion piece that he wrote for the Washington Post, and I'll just read the headline in the first part. We Asian Americans are not the virus, but we can be part of the cure. Last week, I was shopping for groceries and preparing to hole up at home with my wife, Evelyn, and our two boys. There was an eerie, peculiar aura in the parking lot in upstate New York as night fell, and shoppers wheeled out essentials and snacks. Three middle-aged men in hoodies and sweatshirts stood outside the entrance of the grocery store. They huddled together talking. One looked up at me and frowned. There is something accusatory in his eyes. And then, for the first time in years, I felt it. I felt self-conscious, even a bit ashamed of being Asian. Um, so, while that first part of the piece that Andrew Yang wrote, I, I completely, 100% feel that. 
like in my bones. Like that's something that's that whole sentiment is why I'm so scared for my mom who's by herself in West Lafayette, Indiana. And there's some Asians there, but it's still a relatively smaller town. And when she's by herself, when she's out wearing masks, like I always I always am very worried about being targeted and not knowing how to just react or deal with that. But I mean, the reason why that particular piece sat with me and I know that why it ended up really causing a stir and a reaction with many people is because what he ended up talking about or what people were really fixating on was that he was basically saying, as Asian Americans, we need to prove that we're American and we need to show up and wear red. He literally wrote, we need to wear red, white, and blue, which is ridiculous. So it clearly, it struck with me because it really pissed me off. That whole idea, if I'm going to be very basic about it, it sounds like just like kissing ass up to like this whole idea of white supremacy in the US, which is just absolutely like I, I'm ceasing to come up with words to just show my frustration and how that's completely not the point. And and I feel like it, in my mind, it's also showing our, like, as Asian Americans are, like, being complicit with being white aligned or seeing as, like, next to white, which is just a whole nother, whole nother conversation. But, yeah, basically, I was just, like, feeling just so frustrated, angry, and indignant. But it's just very frustrating. And obviously, no one, there's no wrong answer with you know, one's journey with their own uh, background with race and ethnicity, but felt a little wrong. Uh. <laughs> it's not really a news story per se, um, but it's still an article that's kind of sat with me for a while. It's called Learning to Listen to and Beyond the Sirens Call. It was in the New York Times and it's by Lindsay Zolads, who I think is a music critic and she says for the past five years I've lived a mile from the Brooklyn Hospital Center though I'm a bit ashamed to say that I did not realize it until a few weeks ago I am fortunate to have now moved through life with a breezy ignorance of the nearest hospital's location but that unawareness has been punctured by hundreds maybe thousands of times over the past few weeks by a sound that has become my and my neighbor's near constant companion the sirens they're everywhere. They howl, yelp, and bleat at all hours like mournful electric coyotes. They doppler in and out of my perception, one after another after another. Their persistence has a cumulative effect. I feel their presence in my body as an ever-increasing tightness in my shoulders and neck. It is as though around the clock the city itself were wailing for its sick and dying. Before the virus, there had been so much stimulus that many of us had learned to filter it out of our awareness. Subway buskers, please sudden eruptions of earth rumbling subwoofers at red lights in order to preserve the emotional energy required to move through our days. But now, in the abundance of other sounds like heavy traffic, construction, and the springtime shrieks of children on playgrounds, the sirens are all there is to hear. And of course, we cannot turn a deaf ear to what we know their escalating numbers signify. So I guess this one has stuck with me because the article just gave me a more... A, a, like a deeper emotional awareness, I guess, of how that must feel. It's made me more aware of the sirens in my own city and neighborhood. I don't hear that many of them. I'm not sure if they've increased 
but just imagining the silence that I'm hearing now in my own city, but more, more sirens, more often, just, I can feel the tenseness too, a bit kind of weird, but it reminds me a little bit of this movie adaptation of Anne Frank's diary. It's a black and white version. I don't remember when it was made, but I watched it in middle school, I think. And there's moments in the movie where the family is in hiding and they hear the, the siren of of the German police, I guess, going up and down the streets and they they all stop what they're doing and they just they stand still and they don't breathe and they don't move and they listen and they wait to see if the siren stops outside of their home. And that kind of tension and waiting to see where the noise is going and what it means, if it means something for you or your neighbor or I could just imagine the, the kind of stress and dread and grief that that must have. And so that article just just sat with me, even though I don't hear it. Um, I can feel it sometimes. All Alone is created and hosted by me, Morgan Lee. It's produced by Richard Clark, Sarah Cameron, and myself. All Alone is a useful group podcast. For more information or to join us, please send us an email at coronavirusdiaries at gmail.com. To stay updated about this project, please visit us on social media. We're at All Alone Pod on Instagram and Twitter. This is an area code podcast.